Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. My name is Aid, and I will be your host for this evening. Uh, back from a week in Canada. Um, I'm sure Graham's got some jokes uh, about that at some point. Um, and I've got a bone to pick with you about not getting my share of the stuff that Angela sent. But that's a story for another part of the conversation. Uh, we also have a super special star guest with us this evening. Uh, somebody that I met face to face the first time a few weeks ago and has come to talk to us about all the various things he does in analog photography alongside his digital work. Uh, first of all, though, before we introduce him, Graham, how you doing, mate? I'm doing pretty good, thank you, Aid. Um, yeah, I, I was not amused that you got to go to Canada. Look, you said I had to come up with some Canadian Dude, jokes. I've now got to go onto Google short and short I've got to look up for tumbleweed soundtracks and edit them in. Thanks. <laughs> Did you bring uh, us uh, back any OMGs from Canada? No, because I mostly saw the inside of a meeting room uh, and then the, in the day and the inside of a hotel room in the evening, uh, which just goes to show that international business travel is not always as glamorous as heading off to Bhutan <laughs> which no, is a, yeah which is good a segue as any actually I think isn't it to introduce our guest we have with us this week uh my gracious host from my re recent Bhutan trip uh how do I, I don't know quite how to describe this person but I'll chance it with something along the lines of photographer educator entrepreneur author uh, and we'll talk more about that in a bit as well uh, i am of course referring to chris marquardt how are you chris yay that was the best introduction i've ever received thank you oh i forgot I... podcaster as well have you ever done any <laughs> podcast have you ever done any podcast i'm 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 a, I'm a bit nervous speaking into the microphone I, I would just have gone with the old man of podcasting because yes. uh, <laughs> the, no, you... no, the dinosaur the dinosaur <laughs> You you were podcasting before, like podcasts were invented, weren't you, Chris? You've been around forever, and I, I think this is quite disgusting because I can't believe that Aid has actually bought his other woman on the podcast with this. He, he, you know, it's one thing running off and cheating on this, but then to actually bring your floozy round here, what the hell's going on? Well, if you put it like that, um, this is some sort of dodgy threesome, isn't it? So I think we should move oh. on. Oh, oh, <laughs> am I on the right podcast? Uh, no, you no, this, German, is, Chris, this, so I mean, this is this is never the right podcast, Chris. But we're very glad to have you here. We're really glad I'm to have the opportunity. Well, thank you. We're glad to have the opportunity to talk to you. Um, I will try and keep Graham in check, but uh, there usually runs about twenty minutes or so into the conversation where he can't hold himself anymore and starts insulting the guests. So if you uh, prepare yourself for that, and um, we'll call a oh, break when I, that happens. I, I listened to Sunny Sixteen. I know what this is going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> okay well so 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 good cop first then i'll go first um uh so look chris i don't even you know i i tried in the introduction there to 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 give some insight for our listeners into all the things that that you do in the world of photography um how would you describe yourself at this point in time well that's pretty much it i'm um the the podcast about 12 years ago i started with podcasting and that has pretty much enabled everything else I do. So uh, at this point, I'm doing photo tours and workshops. I uh, get some commercial work through that. I, um, I've been, I've, I've just finished my second book. Way. So, well done. Which is not out in English yet. It's only in Germany so far. Um, I do, I don't know how many podcasts, probably six, seven, eight at this point, I have a I have a problem. <laughs> I, need to, <laughs> I need an intervention. 
Um, and yeah, that's 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 the the short version of it. But in general, everything goes goes back to beginning that podcast 12 years ago, the first one that I did. That podcast, of course, being Photography Tips from the Top Floor. That's it, yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, a, a weekly podcast, more or less, isn't it, that you've been doing almost without missing a week for that 12 years. Well, in average, in average, more than a week, but only because the first year I was crazy enough to do three episodes a week. So uh, that bought me wow. that bought me some some time. But at this point, uh, I think it is at episode over eight hundred now. At this eight hundred. So okay, so you that that's something because this is show eighty for us. Right? So so you've done ten times as many podcasts well, as we've done, and that's just in one of your shows. <laughs> But but having done eighty means that you are going to stick with it. A, a lot of podcasters started and they're very excited, and then ten ten episodes in, they realize, oh, this is actual work, so they stop again. So having eighty means you are you're you're in the saddle. You're not falling out anymore. Well, that's good to know. Good 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 to know. We we we've crossed some sort of threshold anyway. All right. So I, I tell you what. Let's um. We've got a few things that we want to talk to you about uh, whilst you're here with us. Um, and, you know, we talked about travel, which for you is is uh, something that I think you love to do, but is also a chance to take photographs, to educate people. Uh, I mean, it's a core part of what you do. Um, uh, tell us. Um, well, uh, here, here, very specific. Let's start with a very specific question. I've heard that you travel and sometimes do these workshops with large format cameras. What's that all about? Those are not normally travel cameras. <laughs> Well, oh, oh, you would be surprised. The large format, okay, large. When when I say large format, I mean four by five inches, which is the most common large format. There are also eight by ten cameras, and uh, pretty much anything beyond that size. There are lots of custom made stuff, uh, custom made cameras out there. But four by five is kind of the middle ground. And uh, a, a field camera, a foldable field camera, four by five. Um, I use a Chamonix, which is a the, the name doesn't suggest that, but it's a Chinese-made camera. Um, it does folds. sound a bit French. <laughs> it, well, the, the, the guy who makes it uh, in his workshop together with, I think, five or six people, is a very small company, um, is a climber. And he loves to climb in France. So Chamonix ah. is, is um, yeah. So so that that's the camera I travel with. And when I when I travel with large format, that's the one because it folds. It's made from wood and aluminum and or aluminium and uh, and um, carbon fiber, and it's it's relatively light. It doesn't doesn't weigh more with the lens than than a big DSLR with a lens. Okay. So we're, we're not we're not we're not talking a really heavy camera here. That's that's and, interesting because I don't have a, a large format camera. I top out at about six four five actually, which is I know is pretty small by a lot of people's standards. But Graham has one. It's it's affectionately called Ronald, but I'm guessing Ronald weighs in a bit bigger than that, does he? Yeah, Ronald's at the other end of the large format <laughs> scale of four by five because he's a monorail camera and he weighs a metric ton, so he yeah, mostly mon- stays at home. <laughs> monorails are are typically used in the studio because they are just way too heavy i started off with a monorail camera with a german-made plowbull and that's what i've got chris oh there is which one the pico uh, yeah yeah i think it is yes a plowbull plowbull pico. looks yes. very industrial right <laughs> yes it really does feels very industrial too. well i i had one of those with a tripod that fit the camera so that was definitely not a travel size package no, uh, that is, I mean, I, the good thing about them is they're cheap, <laughs> but there's a reason that they are cheap these days. It's because they are not the most flexible, but 
Uh, well, it's a good tool for learning on. It's it's wonderful for learning on, and yes, yes, you get them for really good prices. And then the next one for me was uh, was a field camera, which again folds up and is much much lighter. Okay, so that's that, that sounds a bit better. I mean, I yeah, for for our trip to Bhutan, I I was thinking of bringing a medium format camera, but the thought of carrying it around all the time, and the weight it is. I I, I uh, chickened out and took thirty five mil instead, but yeah, the, the I dread doing some of those walks we did <laughs> with a large format camera strapped to my back. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> so you travel with, uh, uh, but you also travel uh, and do digital work, of course, as well. But um, yeah, the part of the the travelling thing is uh, about education and i know that you do a lot of teaching as well around film photography as well as having film photography podcasts uh, 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 like ours or well i suppose ours is like yours yours has probably been going longer but uh you know t- tell us about what do you do in in the world of teaching film photography well the the teaching film photography started was eight years ago maybe um when monica my partner and i rediscovered film photography we both had kind of dropped out from from film when digital came along and i i I don't even want to think back because i sold my my 35 millimeter camera my minolta x700 my beloved minolta uh at the beginning of the of the digital photography dslr boom um, and I regretted that like a year later, I was like, damn, it, I shouldn't have sold this. But, um, I was, uh, yeah, totally in, in the grip of digital and for about 10 years, that was the case. And then, uh, we met friends who were really deep in analog photography and we, uh, they, they kind of lured us back in. So we started to, um, to partner with them because they had a shop for analog, uh, gear, analog materials chemistry and everything you need developer and so on and um, then together we started holding film photography workshops which brought back pretty much everything that monica and i had known before because we both come from an analog background bill we both worked in dark rooms we both did film development before and uh, we pretty quickly got to the point where we were uh, getting really good at at conveying that to people who wanted to learn about it and um and we're doing this now here at the place we live is big enough to hold workshops here so we do uh film photography workshops here around getting started with film photography around large format photography um at this point three to four a year usually that's 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 a significant amount if you think about it because that's you know, the, I mean, the film is in resurgence. We all, yeah, we're all very positive about that. And, um, you know, it's, uh, well, I mean, you just have to look at the uh, the Film of the Year Award for, in this year's Sunnies, which we'll come to later on as well, which has got so many potential films that you that people could choose from. But the, um, I mean, it's still, you know, a fairly small thing. I mean, it's only a few weeks ago when we were traveling that I was the only person shooting films. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, it's good that you've got that level of interest. And, you know, it's, Chris, I, I, sorry, I'm really ahead. interested because most of the people that we speak to on here are people who are pretty much invested, you know, they're quite deep into the film side of things, whereas you really are sitting <laughs> on the best of both worlds. You know, you have for lots of very sensible business reasons and enjoyment reasons. Digital makes up a huge part of your workflow, but 
you also have the analog side of things going alongside it. Um, and I'd be really interested from your perhaps more balanced view than some of the people <laughs> we speak to, ourselves <laughs> included. Um, where at the moment do you see analog photography fitting in with just general photographer's work? Do you are you starting to see people look on it as well? I shoot digital, but maybe I ought to have an analog camera. Are people starting to investigate it more just as a part of their general photography diet? Do you think? Uh, I think so. And and yes, I am. I'm a very strange hybrid animal here with legs everywhere so um yeah which 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 is which is well not everywhere but uh, it's it's really interesting because because i because i see because i see uh, both sides of the of the picture and um uh, for me personally and i think that a lot of people that i see on these workshops uh have similar reasons uh, for me personally it is well, there are, there are like a, a hundred different reasons to shoot film, of course, but uh, especially from from uh, the viewpoint of a digital photographer or mostly digital photographer, it is uh, first and foremost an amazing learning tool because it it forces you to do things that you don't have to do when you shoot digital. And I'm talking metering. I'm talking uh, even even that subconscious feeling that every shot will cost you money, which it's not the case in digital. You paid the camera, you paid the memory card, use it as often as you like. So that that is something. Um, but there, there's another set of reasons that I think are even more important, and that is to to learn to trust in your photography more. And one of the ways that film photography facilitates that is that you it has to do with decisions and when you do them in the process. When you shoot digital, you can move almost all of your decisions uh, towards the end of the process. You, you, you might be shooting bursts and later choose the point in time which you want to actually keep. You don't do this in film. So you have to make a choice in film. I'll, I'll press the shutter now and not for five seconds. Um, getting the colors right. Well, in digital, you can do that when you edit. So you you have another decision that you delayed till later. Um, if you if you look at exposure, same thing. Um, in in digital, it's it's easy to bracket a shot and get five exposures out of that, and then just uh, choose the one that you want, or go HDR and and just then do whatever you want with the exposure when you shoot film you make the decision at the point well you make a decision when you put the film in the camera pretty much and then you stick with that decision until the film is through so there are a lot of decisions that as a as a photographer with a film camera you have to do before you start shooting or at the point of shooting the picture and once you get used to doing it that way you will become a better photographer because you you will learn to make these decisions and you will also be much much happier because if you have <laughs> if you have if, if you return for and and I see this every time I'm on one of these photo tours after that I, I make a, I make a point when I shoot digital I'm I, I work on those photos I make my selections I make my edits and everything at the same day so I'm done when I go to bed I'm done with my photos for the day um, a lot of people who come to these tours will don't do that they collect all the pictures and then they return home with i don't know 5000 pictures that's a huge mountain right in front of you that is 
that takes take, takes takes away a lot of motivation. And I see sometimes I see pictures from participants who 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 work on them who don't work on them for a year, and then all of a sudden their photos come out, and it's like, yeah, I finally got the time to work on them. And for that entire year, that's been sitting somewhere in there in the back. You know, it's been it's been there. It's been putting some pressure on them. It's like a full inbox. You know, I like I like that thing about trust that you said there. Because, you know, it is, um, I remember when I first started shooting with film cameras, at least, I guess the, uh, I guess once I'd been shooting with film for a while, but the first time I was brave enough to take my film cameras and only my film cameras to something important, um, I I was worried, yeah, oh, are these going to come out and these are going to come out? And uh, you know, actually, you do you, you do learn to trust yourself a bit more. Uh, and uh, and and I'm also not one for doing lots and lots of post production. So I I, I kind of like that as well. Not having so, five thousand photos. So. so so we could we could say shooting film is a confidence booster. It's weird, isn't it? How the the time thing works um, because you just saying, Chris, about the fact that people will go out with digital. I mean, oh, I know I've certainly done this and you'll shoot a load of stuff. Well, I don't do that because I'm very slow at everything, but <laughs> you'll shoot stuff and, and it can just sit on the memory card because you, you, know, you click the way and you don't really care that much because you know clickety click click um and then you won't get around to doing anything for ages either because you just can't be bothered or because there's so much of it you just can't face it um and with analog photography there is that delay also because you have to get the film developed and then you have to but the difference is that well, i think for myself certainly and most people there's, there's always that sense of anticipation because you're like i haven't seen these yet i don't I don't know if I've caught what I wanted to yet. I, I I don't know if it's there. As you said, there's this thing of trust. So you you want to see what's there and there's a, a, an excitement to it. Whereas with your digital photographs, you've seen on the back of the camera already, you know what's there. You just don't care. And I think that's part <laughs> of the problem. I think you've yeah, I've seen them. They're all right. I can ignore them, all 5,000 of them. Um, with that thought in mind, why are you still shooting digital at all, Chris? <laughs> Because I teach photography, and teaching photography, you you need a tool that is quick because that just helps learn much faster. So digital yeah. is 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 I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without a digital camera. Which doesn't mean I don't love film, but they are they all have their place in my in my work. That's very true. So when you're doing your own stuff, your own personal projects, what do you tend to gravitate towards? Oh, more, more, more film, definitely. Yeah, because, because it, yeah, the film makes me more happy. It's, it's the, it's the choice thing. You take away all these choices, and then that makes you more happy. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit like some, someone once did the math on when you go, when, the, when you go to the United States and uh, in a Starbucks, uh, you, you have all these options of different kinds of milk and different kinds of stuff and and for, for everything in the process you have five different choices and if you, you 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 could you could make that's that's what i read you could make 16000 different kinds of coffee so you have a ton of choices there and uh, instead i kind of prefer the little shops that have like three different things on the menu and then you go okay yeah number 2 fine coffee with with foam on it <laughs> That's a good way of thinking of it, and I'm not I, as as somebody who drinks just black coffee. Those places always oh, you just you have only one choice. Yeah, it's just like yeah, can I have a black coffee, please? That that that'll do me. Very occasionally, a cup of tea in the afternoon. But, but that's uh, but that's film photography for me. That is really the the thing. I'm 
I'm happy. I, I, I make a decision what film I put in, what camera I choose. That's what I'm, what I'm then sort of stuck with. And I take the photo and it's, that's the photo. And then, yes, I might digitize it later and maybe tweak one or two little things, the contrast a bit, but um, it's, it's, it's a, a, a mere fraction of what I do when I shoot digital and work on those photos. I'm, I'm really interested because, as I said earlier, a lot of the people, almost all of the people that we get to converse with through the podcast and you know, social media are people who have already been drawn to the hobby. Um, they might be really early on in that uh, you know, lifelong adventure, but it's a choice they're already making and they're going down that road. Um, whereas I'm sure that you get to speak to through all education on your podcast and everything like that. You speak to people who might never have thought about shooting analog at all before they you know it might not have even been a thing they did before going to digital you know they might have come to digital and now they're seeing you doing these courses and think well should i give this a go what sort of questions what sort of things to people who have got no interest at all in analog or, or are just starting to think about what what are they coming to you and asking chris well it's interesting because i think a lot of people who who kind of have that interest a little bit what will still say I'm not really interested because they they have assumptions, they have wrong assumptions about film photography. One of the things that I, for example, do is I develop my own black and white. Developing your own black and white is just dead easy and you can do it in, in your kitchen if you want to. And most people don't know that. And then when you tell them that they can do this during daylight, they don't have to go into a dark room. Uh, they're very surprised and like, oh, really? <laughs> so if you tell them that you can develop four four rolls of film in 20 minutes, they're like, what, really? And um, showing them that potential of what film can do and how easy it is to handle uh, always always surprises people. We we do this workshop here in Germany once a year, and it's a, it's a longer, it's a five-day workshop. And uh, two years ago, I started making that first day of the workshop into an analog day so i went on ebay and i bought 25 box cameras and <laughs> brought them like roll film box cameras six by nine uh one or two bucks a piece there <laughs> there's so many out there and uh, we we forced everyone into that into that uh, mindset by just handing everyone a box camera here's a roll of film here's how you load it um you have one hour to take those eight photos that you can take with that roll of film in there. So they, they were all, most of them were like very like uh, a, a mixture of surprise that, Oh, wait a minute. Why should I take an hour for eight photos? And, um, some were a bit annoyed about it. It's like, I, I don't want to deal with that stuff. And, um, and, uh, about half an hour into the process, I walked around and some of them were, still not even on their third picture because <laughs> they, 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 they were it was a tough choice all of a sudden if you can't take more than eight photos so that made it really hard for them and then this year the year after that first year um, a lot of them came back and a quarter of them came with a large format camera so That's that awesome. initial that, that was just so totally awesome that initial spark really really fanned a fire in them and um because they because they they realized that it's not really that difficult and you and film is a medium that you can trust in i mean with a box camera there's nothing you can really set it has its i don't know 30th of a second it is fixed focus it 
doesn't really have any, maybe two apertures if you're lucky. And uh, so you, you have to trust the medium. You have to trust that something will come out. And uh, of course, something comes out. Hmm. So uh, it is... that, that's, that, that was a really, a really good experience for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I've, I've had that myself with toy cameras. You know, sometimes you just have to trust that it's going to come out. And um, mm. I have some photos hanging on the wall of my house, which I took on a, a family holiday to Croatia. Um, and uh, they're taken with a Holger and they just came out unbelievably well. And it's just, you know, <laughs> I think we talk about the, the, the standing joke on uh, uh, on this podcast is there's no point in having a British podcast called Sunny 16 because it gets to Sunny 11 at best. It's true. <laughs> but but you go down to the you go down to to the uh, to somewhere like Croatia where there's proper sunshine in the summer. And um, you can use it. Yeah, you can definitely use a Holger. I mean, you can shoot away all day and right into the evening with a Holger with some 400 speed film it but you have to have that element of trust because you yeah you're not getting to control everything so so all i mean this you know the way you're talking about this chris yeah the 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 educator in you and the, the love of teaching is coming through but i guess at some point somebody said to you can you write this down please <laughs> uh yes that did actually happen it uh it happened in uh 2014 after after Monica and I had done a whole bunch of film photography related workshops and uh, someone noticed us and it was a German publisher, D-Punkt, who do a lot of photography books. It's one of the last publishers in Germany who who has a big, big department for photography books. And they contacted us and asked us if we wanted to maybe write this down. So we did. And we made it into a book about film photography. I have a copy of uh, that book, which you very kindly sent to me. And it is uh, encyclopedic. I mean, it covers absolutely <laughs> anything. Where, where did you start? <laughs> well, the, the thing the thing is, there are a ton of photography books out there from the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s. If you go on on Amazon, on eBay, you will find plenty of photography books. So do writing just another photography book is film photography book is kind of yeah what 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 do you do so so we looked at at what can we do to make this relevant to these times because what happened since the last the last proper photography teaching book was written um, is the internet came along and that changed everything so we live in digital times we live in we live in times where all of a sudden we have that choice between digital and and analog and we uh, we have that that internet that has so much information also a lot of misinformation there's a ton of voodoo out there as well and um so we we try to to write a book that brings these together a film photography book for for uh for these times and we included areas that um, well, we we also looked at photography, at film photography, a bit through a different lens, uh, pun intended. There, mm. there, there is there. If if you go back to the 80s, the 90s, film photography was typically something that had to be very precise. If you wanted to develop your own film, you had to be precise because it needed to be able to do repeatable results. So. Um, nowadays, if you want that, if you want the surgical precision, you will use digital. I mean, that's pretty much a given. So film photography uh, these days, at least as we see it, is something that is more of a of a playground, more of a uh, an 
a medium to explore, to play with, to experiment with. Um, and you see this with the toy cameras, with the with the pinholes, with uh, ex- with expired film, with red scale film, with cross development, with all these things. It's it's a playground. Uh, Lomography. I mean, the biggest playground probably. Can I just say, um, we'll make sure to include Chris's email address in the show notes. So for any of our listeners out there who take it very seriously and do exceedingly detailed work, <laughs> um, they know exactly oh, no, no, I'm... where to send that email because I am washing my hands of that one. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is the way we see, we see analog photography. I'm not saying that there are, there are not people who take it very seriously and are very meticulous about exactly how to do things. Um, but but we we try to make it digestible for people who are either who either want to come back into it and look at it from 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 now and not from from thirty years back, and we also wanted to make it accessible to people who are digital natives who have yeah. never had a film a film camera in their hands, and who want to get started and and try it out and see why it is so exciting for some people that that, that comes so. across in the book actually because there's uh, i mean the sections of the book where you talk about things like metering and and you've sh- you, you you've got both the you know the traditional way of metering and the millennial way of metering mm-hmm, of yeah. course and there there are there, there are other examples in the book where um we we look into the into the let me say playgrounds into the alternative processes into the uh, weirder areas of of, of uh, film photography um, as in red scale or other kind of things ah uh, yes i was very pleased with my red scale from bhutan by the way they came out they came out very nicely indeed so oh, the one was... i've seen was was amazing yes yeah i haven't i haven't shared much no so yeah and then going back to the the whole millennial thing i mean you've got you've got mention of things like using phone apps to do metering in the book and of stuff course. like that you know so oh. it, which does make it that much more accessible because it's not that you have to go out and buy a 300 pound or 300 dollar you know light meter just to get started you can get an app on your phone of course there and then there are apps apps on the phone for 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 metering there 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 are apps for helping you develop your own film there are development timers there are uh, recipe databases everything's on your smartphone these days and the smartphone's a perfect tool for it I think this. I mean, I haven't yet seen the book. Um, I'll, I'll be aid up and steal his copy at some point. I haven't seen my this... Canadian candy either, young man. Shut your face, you. Um, <laughs> hang on. You, you can. There. Now you've heard it. That might be the closest you ever get. Um, <laughs> There's still some left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the what, what I love is that this book sounds like a, a kind of perfect bridging tool to 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 get people interested. Um, to get people who might otherwise as you said earlier, Chris, think it's too difficult, think it's too complicated, because I love the story of the experience you had um, getting people using those box cameras and the people who were exceedingly reticent and actually actively negative about using it uh, and then having that change of mind. Because I think the reality is that shooting film photography, you, you can't sell it to somebody by talking to them about it or by showing them pictures or anything like that because it's it's not that isn't the, the thing that does it it's actually getting the physical thing in your hand and experience it's the process it. 
Yeah, it is. And and it, uh, but as you said, it, it's the change to your mental attitude that happens as soon yes. as you have that thing in your hand that you can't get any other way. Um, and by by introducing people to it, by giving them a pathway there where they feel confident to go, oh, well, Chris says that this is real easy and I can do all these fun things that are a bit like I've been doing on Instagram. And it's, why not give it a go? And you're basically giving people, you know, their first taster of drugs, and once they're in, they're in. <laughs> <laughs> you're the friendly neighbourhood crack dealer, Chris. Uh, <laughs> well, we we do have we do have one workshop uh, in Berlin in April, um, in German, unfortunately, but uh, it is it is we call it Film Extreme, and that there we we actually target real uh, the 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 more fun fun loving audience. By doing a pretty much C41 based, uh, mm-hmm. color negative based workshop with expired film, with um, with cross processing, with pushing and pulling them, with uh, with red scale. So we, we we do a whole bunch of weird stuff with film there. That uh, we have access to a lab in Berlin where we can do that, and um, and that that typically draws people who have never shot film but who are interested in just playing and trying it out and the playful approach is i think the best one because that's where you learn most if you when you're playing you learn most oh you, you you're absolutely right and i mean and i think that's the thing is making people realize that you, you not only can you play with film photography just as much as you can do with digital in fact more so but also with analog photography you roll a dice with it you know you, you just go well this is, let's just see let's just let's just give it a go and see what happens and it's an adventure and um and i i i, I know that as in every hobby things can get quite um partitioned people can get quite snobby about what we should and shouldn't be doing but i think for the most part at least um you know in the analog world kind of anything goes as you were saying at the beginning about the kind of pinhole and red scale and cross-processing and all this stuff oh, there's and, so and even many weirder apps. stuff i've seen i've seen a pre-scratched film that you could buy where people, some, someone, someone would take film out of its canister and scratch it with steel wool or something, and then put it back in the canister. And sure. uh, why yeah. not? I mean, why not? I don't think that's, don't think that's in your book, though, is it, Chris? <laughs> no, it's not. But I've, well, I think there might be a short, a quick mention of it. There's, there's, a, there's. Um, uh, I read about a photographer who also in a dark room takes the film out, hangs it on a. On uh, hang, hangs it up and and sprays it with salt water, lets that dry, and then puts it back into the canister. Yeah. Oh, we've seen some terrible souping. Do you remember those? Ed? I do. We should not talk about last. those again. They're they're, they're not suitable oh, for our no. delicate Dish, audience. Dishwasher, here. dishwasher is another thing that dishwasher. people do. Okay. All right. I tell you what. So we've got this marvelous thing we've been talking about, which is Chris's book. Uh, which, if I remember correctly, the English version is called The Film Photography Handbook. Is that right, Chris? Yes, that's right. Okay, and so not only have you kindly donated uh, to the Sunny 16 podcast team to share, eventually, when I'm finished with it, um, a copy of your book, you've also donated a further two copies of the book for Sunny 16 listeners to win. Yes. So first of all, thank you very much. That's very generous indeed. Um, that's fan- fantastic for uh, for us to have that as something that we can share with our community. Um, and uh, secondly, um, Graham has thought of uh, some sort of Machiavellian quiz thing uh, 
<laughs> for for to, to to allow our listeners to prove themselves worthy to win the copies of Chris's book. Yeah, I have. Um, it's, before we just move on quickly, what's the book you've just written, Chris? Because you said you've just finished writing another one. Is this a follow up? Yeah, it's not a follow up to this one. No, it's it's one uh, about. It's also a photography book. It's about another passion of mine, and that's wide angle photography. So it's an entire book on wide angle photography. Mm-hmm. In, including including bonus chapters about tilt shift photography. Cool. That sounds so, good. Yeah, but that, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. And luckily, the the publisher was like, "Well, ah, let's let's give that a try." Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Oh. Well, there's, oh. interestingly enough, there is there is there is one German book on wide angle photography, specifically just on wide angle photography, from the late 70s but that's pretty much everything that's there so uh and uh, initially i wasn't i wasn't really sure that this could fill an entire book but um again we've i've I've sat down and i found enough things that are worth talking about there so it includes the technical side includes the creative side how to how to tackle things with wide angle it goes into the different genres of uh, where you could use wide-angle photography, like landscape and and portrait, uh, even portraiture, you can do with wide-angle. So uh, there's that. I'm I'm not surprised you managed to fill a book because you managed to fill 800 bloody podcasts up with Waffle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a book is small beans by comparison. It's got to be. A, you probably knocked out in the morning, didn't you? Uh, that's no. Let's not talk about that. It's it's a painful process for me. It is. <laughs> okay. Well. Back to this competition and this book then. Um, So what we have done is a short, uh, quite a long while ago at this point, actually, a very kind listener called Matthew Robert Joseph, who many of you will know better as at PhotodudeNZ, sent in to us a competition, a little quiz, a shutter sound quiz. We we did this ages ago. Aid and I did a shutter sound quiz. And um, Matthew wrote in with his own, sent me an audio thing of his own thing. Um... But we didn't get around to using it, partly because we're disorganized and partly because it was quite long and there was a lot of cider drinking and belching in it, which I had to edit out. So thanks for that, Matt. Um, But now it is the perfect thing to help us to decide who's going to win these copies of the book. So what we have done is we have carefully and delicately edited this down into a nice little four minute piece. Within this piece, you will hear Matthew talking or Matt. I can't remember. I prefer he'll tell you the thing. It's fine. Um, You will hear six different cameras, six different shutter sounds and some associated noises, which might give you clues as well. And what we want you to do is listen to that, identify what those cameras are. And then we have created one of these Google form things, which I found about recently, which are very smart. Uh, I'll give you the link for that at the end of this. Um, But yeah, have a listen, figure out what they are, go to the form fill it in and send it back to us. Um, this competition is going to be open until the 26th of December. So it's a couple of weeks to allow you enough time to listen to the show and, and have a go with it. Um, and then after that, we'll announce the results on the show that follows that, which will hopefully be later that week, but it is Christmas week. So I don't want to sort of say for sure. Um, so uh, we will slot that in right here. Hello, Rachel, Aid, and Graham. Um, my name's Matthew Robert Joseph. Uh, some people might know me as Photo Dude NZ. I um I am a listener of your podcast, and uh, yeah, I thought I would uh, send you a an audio file with some uh, camera shutters in it. But 
the thing is, I'm not going to tell you what cameras they're from. Because um, I know that uh, Graham and Aid like to have, a, have their little competitions. So I'm going to send the answers to Rachel. And the two of you can guess uh, which shutter sound belongs to which camera. So here we go. Shutter number one. That was a two thousandth of a second. I might dial it back to a 125th. I've taken the lens off as well, so you can really hear that slap. Well, it's not really a slap. Okay, I'm just giving clues away here. Did that sound like 125th? Alright, this is more my range of shutter speed. A 15th. Alright, so that's shutter one. Shutter two. I have to load this one. I have a sacrificial roll of film here. I'm not going to say what it is, because some people might cry. Oh yeah, I need to wreck it. Anyway, here, okay, here's shutter number two. Do I need the flash on? No. I've already got a headlamp on, so I don't need any more light. That's shutter number two. This camera next. Okay, this is just winding it on. It is wound on. Let's get a suitable shutter speed. 500th should do it. Here we go. Ooh. So quiet. Can't believe how quiet that was. Let's, let's do that again. There we go. Silent but deadly. Loading camera number three. Yeah, it's one of those cameras. Here we go. Put on a five hundredth of a second. See what happens. God, that's noisy when you're under a duvet. Let's do it again. So, onto camera number five. This is not my camera. I gave it to my girlfriend ten years ago. Because, well, it's a piece of shit, basically. That's why she loves it. Here we go. Camera number five. Here we go. Shutter sound number one, two, three, four, five, six. Here we go. It's beautiful. Let's try that again. All right. That's the last one, I promise. I will be sending Rachel the answers to the Photo Dude NZ Shutter Sound Quiz. Cheers. Bye. There you go. Uh, not easy, I don't think. There are a couple of them on there which I heard and went, oh, I, I instantly know what that is. But equally, there are a couple of them on there that I have not got a clue. So give it your best guesses. It will be the most accurate ones that win. In the 
well, who knows? We've got a lot of very smart listeners out there. In the possible event that we get multiple people getting all the correct answers, then we'll put them into a hat and pick out the first two. Um, the URL to find the form, this will be in the show notes and we'll share it elsewhere as well, but it is bit.ly slash 2KMNAXT. So that's bit.ly slash 2KMNAXT. A-X-T. Sorry, and I can't believe you're reading out a bit. <laughs> I know. Look, listen, at least it's the short link. At least it's the short link. Um, we will stick an abbreviated version of that at the end of the show so you can hear it again, um, but uh, without some of the little extra clues that you might have heard in that. So good luck, everybody. Uh, and with that, we'll, we'll take a break now, guys. Woohoo! Okay, here we are back from the break then. Uh, so I'd like to say thank you to Chris, who has kindly agreed to stick with us uh, and may have a view or two to share as we go through. Um, first from, of all... From the cheap seats. From the cheap seats. <laughs> oh, you're, but you're the professional podcaster on the show. I mean, me and Graham, we just make this up as but, we go along. But over the channel, you know. <laughs> also, these are all cheap seats. <laughs> I think you'll find Germany is winning the European Union, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Oh, 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 let's not get, go there. Let's just not go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go then. So um, I, I don't know whether this is going to be a tale of joy or a tale of woe, or maybe a little bit of both from Graham. But your adventures, mate, for this week. Well, I've had a great week. Well, it's been a week of ups and downs, but within the up column is the fact that I got to meet Rach on Friday. Um, this was the first time that I've ever met Rach in person. So that was lovely because she was down in London um, doing another one of her jobs shooting at the, what are those tunnels called under the The thing? Imperial War Museum or the Imperial War Rooms where Winston Churchill yeah. used to hang out. Yeah, um, I got to see them. They're very cool. I had a very so, quick So you got to meet Rachel and is that why she's not here now or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I left her buried underneath the uh, Imperial War. <laughs> um, you know, she's a lot shorter than she sounds on the internet. I'll take that. Was, uh... <laughs> um, I've got a great picture. There's a picture up on the Instagram feed of me with uh, Rachel and my better half, Sinead. And it's like uh, it's like I've stood next to two Oompa Loompas. It's wonderful because I'm like, literally a foot tall than both of them. Um, but yeah, we met up. We had lunch together, which was very nice in this very fancy place. Uh, just off Trafalgar Square, um, of which the, I think the most notable thing was how horrified uh, Sinead, my partner, was at the small size of the portions. <laughs> She's like, well, is that it? Um, she'll really appreciate me saying that, but she doesn't listen, so that's her problem. Um, Rachel, very kindly, she, got, she, had, she had a gift for me, Aidan, I'll make you super jealous with what it is. She had for me a pack of Instax Wide Monochrome. She shared with Ooh. me some Instax Wide Monochrome, which was awesome. She so got I was that for so her birthday. Thought- You've I know, stolen gave... her birthday present. <laughs> she, she, it was wrapped up. It was a gift. It's fine. Um, although it's worth noting, you can now get that in the UK. It has appeared on a couple of stores in the UK and on Amazon as well, I think. So um, I'm very pleased about that. Chris, have you, do you shoot Instax at all? Aid was all Instax a go-go when he came back from your trip. Um, no, but I I think I've been bitten by the bug after seeing what uh, what Olaf did in Bhutan with his Instax toy. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about Olaf on this show and the impact it made, which which was awesome. But the the Instax wide monochrome is is possibly enough to get me to go out and buy an Instax wide camera. I think. 
I'm really looking forward to shooting that. So that was great. That was awesome. Um, and I took with me uh, my um, I took my myopic me camera because that's the one that goes everywhere with me. Um, and I also took uh, Hamish's Leica, which I still didn't get posted back to. <laughs> You're still not I giving did. Hamish's Leica back. <laughs> Look, I asked. Hamish. I know Hamish I said, has hey, about Hamish. half a dozen Leicas, but. I said, Hamish, I'm going to see Rachel, and she's never even got to hold a Leica before in her life, and it's nearly Christmas. Can we make her one dream come true? So I took it down, and Rachel fired a few shots off from the Leica, and she thought it was very nice. Um, any scratches or scuffs that are on it are her fault. Um, not really <laughs> which, which model Leica is it? It's an M3. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's, it, it is very nice. It is now all boxed and wrapped up and um as soon as the post office opens again after all the snow that's been around here which has brought this country to a shuddering halt with the usual um easy to expect thing um it will be going straight in the post hopefully tomorrow so goodbye Leica. um i got to a whole roll and a half of film so that's pretty good in just over a month that's I was almost a year's worth of shooting for you i know i know and every shot will definitely be uh, golden um i was a bit annoyed because with Leicas, you have to cut the film leader to make it weird to fit in. I don't really understand. Hamish did explain to me because it's a bit of they've got a weird loading thing on. You take the bottom plate on, and then do you have a Leica, Chris? Is this all familiar to you? Um, I don't have a Leica, no. No, oh, well, okay, so well, here you go. So you take the bottom plate off and then you pull the film across and kind of feed it up. It's a bit it's unusual if you've never come across it. I've before. tried to do that once and it is very difficult, I think, for the first time at least. Yeah. It is. It's awkward. And like I said, you have to cut this slightly different, longer leader shape to make it work. So anyway, I did this. It was fine. All loaded up and went through fine. Um, but because I didn't get through all of the roll of film that was in there, I thought, well, that's fine. I'll do what I saw Hamish do when he gave me the camera. He had a half shot roll of film and he just put it in. It's like a wound it onto the frame he'd got to and then carried on going. So I'm just going to do that. It's genius. Um, but when I wound the film back in, it just went slightly too far. There was still some of the leader poking out. But not all this. You know, I, I tried to pull out and it snagged and it snapped the leader off. He's like, well, great. <laughs> That's that then. So now that film is going to get developed with half the shots on it. So c'est la vie. Um, I had to reload my um, myopic me camera whilst I was there. And I must have also fed that in slightly wrong even though that's just a very bog standard m m42 slr and it was making this horrible grunchy noise when i was winding the film on so i took that out also managed to wind the leader back in on that so bye bye to that film as well unless i can rescue that uh, it was only poundland film fortunately um so uh it's been a real winner on the f just bailing on film front also the biggest tragedy of this week for me is my Yashica 635, which is the best TLR that I have, because the other TLRs both have Lubitel written on them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not much of a competition. Um, and I loaded some Portrait 800 in a few weeks ago now um, and went out to take some pictures. And it felt like the shutter wasn't working properly. So uh, I thought, okay, well, maybe I just did something weird and wrong. So I finally got around to getting in the dark bag, getting the film out and investigating. And yeah, it just seems like the shutter won't fire. Um, I tried jiggling things about a bit. And at one point, I, there's an MX lever on the side. I don't know what those two things mean. I think it has something to do with flash. Do either of you guys know what the M and X settings yeah. are? Well, there's 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 two different kinds of flashes. When in the, in the olden days, you remember the flash bulbs, the the ones that are kind of self-contained. No, I'm not. And as then old there's, as you, Chris. <laughs> oh, of course you know them. And ah. then there's 
and then there's the 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 the, the electronic flash and the, they have different kind of firing times so you need to fire the 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 bulbs a bit earlier to make them to to have them be at the brightest point this when is about latency it is, yeah, pretty much. So, so a bulb would take a bulb would take a tie. An old fashioned bulb would take a, a longer period of time to get to its peak light. Exactly. So you have to exactly. fire it. You have to trigger it earlier. Exactly, and that's what you do with these settings on the shutter. Awesome. Well, there you go. I have learned something new from you today, Chris. Thank you very much for that. So I was <laughs> futzing around with that, and when I moved it once, it did seem to get the shutter working again. But then it stopped, and then I did the one thing that you should pretty much never do with any old cameras. I thought, well, the thing is that got it working. What if I try the um, self-timer? <laughs> because that bit of clockwork is definitely a good idea to cop. <laughs> and um, it's not. That's just stayed cop now. And from what I've read up after, it's like, oh, that just makes repairing it even more difficult. So, yay me. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so back to, yeah. back, to the, back to the OM1, then, your, your yeah, go-to that- camera. Yeah. Well, so, there's, and... there's there's one potential temporary fix, and that is um, put the camera in the oven, not not on full heat, but on, <laughs> on low heat. Yeah. Um, so 50, 60 centigrade, maybe Celsius, uh-huh. um, and and leave, leave it in there for a while, and don't overdo it. But uh, those oils in the in the shutter in older cameras sometimes have hardened, and they get softer you, you you might notice with old film cameras where you shoot in in when you shoot them in winter the the second is more like two seconds long mm. and in summer it gets shorter so the the temperature definitely makes a difference there oh well i i'm gonna give that a go i'm absolutely <laughs> gonna put my favorite tlr in the oven because why not um, but don't I... don't grill it okay <laughs> yeah, so I was just thinking, don't put it in the microwave that's not no that's wrong <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm going to do things my way. Put out YouTube. Don't send me emails. Don't send me emails. Chris, Chris you have no idea what you've done here. <laughs> Gas Mark 6 for 20 minutes along with my chips. It'll be fine. Um, I have I have sent off to, I think, to a Luton camera player place to ask them to give me a rough idea of how much a repair might cost. Um, Probably about twice as much as buying another one. It might just be a cleaning job, and those are not that expensive. Usually. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, because the thing is, you say that, Aid, about the fact that the repair cost twice as much as getting a new one, which was probably true 10 years ago. But um, the cost of all these half-decent and decent TLRs has kind of really gone up, as with everything analog has really gone up, because people like Chris keep introducing people to our hobby, <laughs> they've got some right to use these cameras too, we're ruining it for everyone. Hey, so we can all buy new Chris. we can all buy a new SLR soon, can't we? Now the uh, the reflex has been funded. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they did that, so now we just need to also make a new TLR, <laughs> that would really help me out right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been... It's been a few tragedies this week. Well, the, the Yashika really is the only tragedy. But um, but on the weird. upside, I, you had a great time meeting Rachel. I had a lovely time meeting Rachel. And she is just as delightful as everybody out there thinks she is. Um, and, you know, I, and I'm going to tell you, I took your OMGs with me to London with the plan being that we'd basically eat them whilst we were there. But we ended up so rushed that we didn't get time to and that accidentally brought them back. So I still have your OMGs. You, can eat you them. might get them, yeah. You can eat them, don't worry. For all the fuss I've made, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> it's okay if you eat them. Okay, you all heard that, listeners, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, so, so I can say this safely in the knowledge that Angela, who very kindly sent them to us, she won't forgive you. 
<laughs> There's a whole list of things that she won't forgive me for. I'm fine. What, like calling her country consistently, referring to it as Canadia? <laughs> it could be worse. I could call it Candida. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on now. Right. <laughs> Hi, Angela. Um, we're going to move on now, uh, and we're going to talk about the Sunnies Awards. Now, I understand, as, as I was um, you know, working in, in the deep, dark depths of, of Canada last week, um, you, you launched the Sunny Awards, did you? We certainly did. We launched the good ship Sunnies um, in our usual fluent and definitely very well-prepared style. Um yeah, it, it, the, the guys helped me figure out. We worked out the five uh, different um, categories that we're going to go for. And believe it or not, well, you know this already, but listeners may be really surprised to hear that we've actually got our act together this year with regards to getting your feedback from it. So I'll run through quickly what the categories were again. Um, and and Chris is going to give us his instant take on all these categories as we go <laughs> through them. Um, and, it, and it's going to be definitive. And it's going to and he's not only that, he's assured me that he's going to pick the ones that eventually win by some level of prescience as well. So <laughs> no pressure. Chris. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Look, I've heard all Germans are psychic. Don't let me down. OK, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the first category is, of course, film of the year. Um, so this is just your favourite film for this last year. So what would your choice be for that one, Chris? Well, I'm a fan of uh, Fuji Provia of all Fuji choices. Provia. That is I'm, a I'm, a, I'm a fan of uh, of a slight film. It it requires you to be a bit more precise when exposing, and I I, I love that especially in large format because there's that, nothing that's... nothing quite like holding a large format developed large format slide in your hand. No, you know what? You are, I think the, the literally the third person to say exactly that. I, I would love to have a go at doing that someday. But well, that's what that's what brought me around to to shooting large format. Someone showing me large format slides, and you hold them up to the light, and you look at them, and they're so large, and they're so brilliant, and it's that's that was lost the moment I had those in my hand. Yeah, and and it is the exact opposite of what you were saying earlier about yeah well just your red scale blah 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 that, oh that, you have to be very precise getting yeah. the exposure right there yes. Yeah. yes um okay so the second category was the uh pillar of the analog community so this category is for um so it could be for a website or a podcast or a um God, what else we've got on there? We've got people like Mike Padua from Shoot Film Co. Just people who are very active in the analog photography community um, who are, I don't know, championing it, whatever the word you want to use for. Um, uh, we won't ask you. Oh, I mean, do you have any feelings on that? Because I don't know how plugged into all that side of things you are. Because you're it's kind interesting, of off- I'm, I'm looking at the list and there are, I'd say, probably half of them I've never heard of. I'm, I'm going to copy that list this moment. And I will check all of them out. There's some really good people out there. What I really like, and um, it's great because I get to see the results that are coming in, which is keeping me from doing any useful work this week. Um, and it's been amazing, both with the film of the year, well, actually with all the categories, what an incredible spread there has been um, in the film of the year. Or I think I don't know how many different films have been chosen, but it's a huge spread. And the same with the pillar of the community. Um, like, there's so many people who have been voted for. It's not all, oh, this one group, this one website, this one blog has got all the votes and nobody else has. No, it's an incredible spread and it's wonderful um, because there are so many people out there just, I mean, just making great 
things there to engage with the community, to educate, to entertain for whatever reason they're doing it. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really awesome. Both of those things are such an awesome window into just how healthy this little bit of the web is. And um, but that's it's, great. It's tough. It's tough that you're making people choose just one out of this list. That's yeah, right. I, th I thought that actually. That is a really tough call. Yeah, it's a very tough one. I like making people. I, I, I might go if if it were me. I might go for other and choose Graham. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's I, all do I mean, this. <laughs> obviously, that's what all everyone who's clicked on that has put me so far. I mean, clearly, um, oh, no, that's just know. you uh, overtyping their answers in the spreadsheet <laughs> behind the form, isn't it? <laughs> I absolutely can't do that, um, but I won't. Um, the next category was or is still best new product released in 2017. So how on the pulse have you got your finger, Chris? Are you aware of some of the stuff that's come out this oh, year? Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm aware of everything on this list, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. No, uh, so maybe maybe minus one or two, but... <sighs> I, I, I haven't tried the Instax white monochrome, but I've heard so many good things about it. <laughs> Even even here, so that's probably very exciting, I guess. That's a good uh, people. People have been very because uh, the, the mini mono last year was very well received. You've shocked some of that, haven't you, Aid? Yeah, yeah. It it was the thing that finally sort of made the Instax cameras themselves make sense because they well, I've, I've, we we shot some some impossible mono monochrome when it came out first and. Uh, that was that was a very good experience, and there's still a few of those up here on the walls. And uh, even though their initial monochrome offering was not stable, <laughs> it fades <laughs> and it does all sorts of things over time. But uh, they're still around; they're still beautiful. So I can I can see the Instax white monochrome to have quite an appeal. Yeah, and uh, from everything that I'm hearing, the the newest, the latest Polaroid emotions. Um, uh, oh, it do seem to be a, a step up again, both on the mono and the color. Um, so it's been a really cracking year for instant photography, apart from the continued absence of uh, peel apart film, obviously. Um, uh, I want yeah. four by five peel apart. Oh God, yeah. Well, I mean, it. He, well, it, new fifty five. Yeah, but that's, that you can't afford that. No, no, and uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to be quite as stable. And unfortunately, they were unsuccessful with their color push as well. So. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay, so the next one's perfect, Chris. The next one is the Everyday I Learn Something New Award. So what have you learned this year that has been the most meaningful to you? I was not prepared for that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy one. <laughs> what have I learned... I mean, I I strive to learn something, something new every day. <laughs> oh look, I've just scrolled down. Look, I said we already know not to eat yellow snow. So whoever put down yellow snow in there, look, we. <laughs> we... <laughs> uh, my my favorite one is ne never run with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we move. This is this is clearly something that is going to require some more thought to. to okay, to but I just need to ask Chris. Chris. Because this might be the thing that you uh, are you familiar with the use of nose grease? No. In photography. <laughs> oh, In photography? this is great. 
this this has been a thing. I'm going to share this with you so that you can learn and enjoy along with the rest of us. This was a, we had somebody get in touch saying that they have a, had a problem with scratch negatives and some of the uh, older generation of shooters wrote back saying that the recommended technique as used by the um, photographers on Fleet Street back in the day amongst others was to run your finger along the side of your nose to get some of the grease that's there and put that on the non-emulsion side of your negative and it will get rid of the scratches there you you're go. kidding me no it's a bold trust me if wow. you listen to English, it's been a whole thing nose grease it has nose it, grease. It, it, it's probably got its own hashtags on the social networks by now but we've had quite a lot of response from <laughs> listeners saying i did that or the person that taught me to take yeah photography used to recommend that I mean, all sorts of stuff i yeah i'll i'll i will i will i will blatantly steal that and in, incorporate it in my, my repertoire <laughs> the next book the next book yeah film photography it's, it's, handbook will be in there too. yes yes it will be in there. Yeah, we are, we are we are we are um actually just starting to work for for the next run of the film photography handbook. We're we're starting work on that and include some new information. That it's gonna make it in there. It's it's more than those things. That, I mean, I can absolutely see the point of that because you know these days with analog photography is running hand in hand with modern techniques not just digital processing techniques but also the fact of things like 3d printing and how that's changing all the stuff and how people you know the the smartphone apps to scan in negatives and stuff like that this this just it never stops these days um so yeah i'm glad you're revising it chris okay now the last one chris um this one is possibly the toughest one to answer. no that's easy that is easy <laughs> okay so this is the he's not with us award this is the thing that's happened this year that people do not want to be associated with chris what has has it been for you well if you baked your camera into a, into a round ball of plastic pulp i'm i i, I didn't say anything it's not my fault <laughs> that's don't, it. don't put your whole guy in the oven uh, let me put it that way well or do i mean you know the pictures out the other end will be much worse i shouldn't think so um so there you go so those are the questions they are still up you still have time to get involved with all of this um we are going to be keeping it open hang on a second until the 21st of december so as this show comes out on the what day does this come out on aid uh, it comes out on Thursday, which will be the 14th of December. So you have a whole week left to get involved. And how do you get involved? I can hear you all asking eagerly. Are you going to you read go... out another URL? Yes, I am. <laughs> Buckle up, everyone. It is bit.ly slash 2AH. 98UI. It will also be in the show notes. And if you go to um, our Instagram um, feed, it's on the profile page there. I'm sure Aid is making sure it's very visible on the Twitter feed. And I'm sure Rachel, actually, I'm not sure anything with Rachel. So, but you know, she might remember to put it on Facebook. Fingers crossed. So, I, ha I have um, to admit, actually, M from Emulsive managed to tweet at the Sunnies before I did because it happened. It went up when it was Canadian nighttime and I woke up and my tweet in the morning said, Sunny 2017. I thought, oh, I better publicise that, hadn't I? <laughs> yes. Well, and I have to a big thank you to M because he did help me put together the form because um, I'm a, a Nimrod, as everybody knows. And so he pushed me along the right way. Although I did do the one for the camera one all by myself because I'm a big grown up boy now. So, okay. Um, well, and you're really going to do big grown up boy show notes, aren't you? Because you're going to put the right URLs in the show notes, aren't you, when you publish the show oh, this week? Certainly am. So they will be there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but please do get involved. Do jump on. We, I'm so pleased with how we're going. We have had so far 117 responses, which is fantastic. But we would love to get a load more on there. So you know, share your opinions. 
um, a lot of these competitions, a lot of the um, questions are really, really close. Um, in fact, I think pretty much all of them are. So your vote will make a difference. Get your favourite thing nominated. So get out there and do it. Vote early, vote once you can only vote once okay so just do that <laughs> absolutely that's brilliant and i'm really looking forward to this because uh, as we did the sunny show at the beginning of this year that was uh, one of the most fun shows we do so i am very much looking forward to that especially with such a good entry right well i think that brings us to uh, the end of our show for this week um uh, you know, it's been fantastic to talk to Chris, uh, fantastic to learn about the Sunnies. But um, we always like to give our guests, Chris, uh, an opportunity to point people uh, to uh, at point our listeners to, to a space on the Internet where they can get to know a little bit about you, to see your work or to learn about stuff. Um, I, I don't even know, know, want to hazard a guess at which one of your many, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, many strings to your bow that you would like to... Um, uh, that us to be pointed at. So, so where can okay. our listeners go and find out more about you? The the okay. Normally, I would point you to chrismarkworth.com, but that is too difficult to spell. So, a we, good we'll place, put it in the good, show notes. It's okay. We can put a it. A good in the place show notes. to go is discoverthetoplore.com, which is where I have my my workshops and tours, and from there I link to everything else. So, discoverthetoplore.com is a good place to get started. Do you know what? That's where I found out, I think, or at least started reading about the trip that I recently took with you. So I can absolutely recommend that website. <laughs> yeah. And, and listen, I think if you you have fully confirmed your analog bona fides on this show, Chris, um, you are absolutely the Whew. first person who has ever recommended baking a camera. And for that alone, you get enough respect from me. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah. And and the other eight hundred episodes of Tips from the Top Floor alone, um, which will keep some listeners, some people like to go right back to me. But I know you've had some, you know, you've had amazing people on there in the past. You have people from Kodak. You've had all sorts of stuff on there, um, talking about stuff on the show. So there's loads of stuff. I know that a lot of your shows are not necessarily about analog specific photography they're just about photography but you have also got stuff on there where you have spoken very specifically about aspects of analog photography so definitely worth people going back and checking through um and um and aid you put in the shutter note shutter note show notes um there's uh no well, let me see if i can find it what's it called absolute vodka Ab absolute analog <laughs> which is the which is the german that's almost the sister podcast to to sunny 16 even though it's tiny we are just at episode 32 right now so oh, have we, have we, we actually we're playing got a podcast up. that's older than one of yours have we yes we're, we're, we're playing catch up here in germany yes we do oh right okay i didn't know that i just assumed it would have been going for about 200 yeah, years yeah. <laughs> so, we, we, so had, we had we had when we wrote the book and then we just never really thought about making this into a podcast so we only started sometime this year ah well and okay who, who does that? is that you and monica that's me and monica yes oh awesome that's it well i i absolutely would check that out however my german <laughs> not great turns out <laughs> i think my english is bad but who should he my german <laughs> Okay, all right, folks, that really is the end of the show for this week. Uh, you can contact us on the internet. Uh, we are Sunny16 Podcast, and you can find us on Instagram, which is mostly Graham, on Twitter, which is mostly me, uh, on Facebook, which is occasionally Rach, and uh, you can also email us, uh, sunny16podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also like to say thanks every week to Chris uh, at pixelatedphotographer.com uh, for hosting the podcast. And to, That's a different Chris. 
It is a different Chris. Sorry, you're <laughs> right. That yeah, yeah, that's that's the first time Just that's ever sure. happened. Actually, no, that's a good point. That's the first time that's ever happened. Yes. So uh, two Chris's. Wow. Uh, uh, there we go. So yeah, pixelated. Our good friend Chris Gillock, who has amazed the world by actually being out taking photographs this few weeks. I've actually seen pictures on his Instagram feed. So, Oh, well, hello, Tokyo Still office. Alive. Maybe we'll get him as, show, as a guest on the show at some point. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so thank you to Chris for hosting the podcast. Uh, thank you to Rachel's band Rocha uh, for the music that we use in the podcast. And uh, you should go out and buy their album, Promises I Should Have Kept, uh, which you can get on Amazon or iTunes. Hey, hey, guess what? Wow. Apparently, despite what Rachel's been saying forever, also on Spotify. Now, um, is I think, <laughs> is it Mark, Jimmy, Hip, MJ, this the guy on Twitter and Instagram, who has a weird scramble of letters, MJ10M5, Johnny, you know who I mean. I know you. Anyway, mean. apparently he has found some of the music on Spotify, so Rachel has been wrong all this time. Oh, good luck. Either, that or, either that or her band has been robbed. <laughs> yeah well 50 50 chance either way free music okay well there you go you heard it here first first folks um right uh well that means that we've enjoyed talking to you this week uh we will be back next week with another fun packed film photography show uh, goodbye goodbye bye Shutter number one. Okay, here's shutter number two. Here we go. Here we go. See what happens. God, that's noisy when you're under a duvet. So, onto camera number five. Here we go. Shutter sound number one, two, three, four, five, six. Here we go. It's beautiful. Let's try that again. Cheers. Bye.